Hello and welcome to another episode of Don't Worry, It's Not Just You. My name is Phoebe Paradise and I hope this email finds you well. Well, I hope this email finds you slightly weller than me. Um, Thank you so much for your patience on this episode coming out. I got completely owned by the month of December by not only girl bossing my way into a broken ankle, but also a broken down car and losing an entire recorded episode. It's fine. I'm back on the horse and I won't delay in getting us into this week's episode. My guest is amazing and I'm so incredibly lucky that she was willing to share her time and her experience with me. I'm such a huge fan and I know you will be too. Let's jump in. My guest today is an outstanding talent. Animator, illustrator, art director, and general magic maker, she's currently the head of design for Adult Swim's YOLO animated series and was on the ground floor as art director for beloved children's cartoon turned global phenomenon Bluey. But don't let that G-rated gorgeousness confuse you. As warned by ozanimate.com, if you're offended by briz boners, bitches, and Gatorade bongs, best look away now. She's my first guest with an honest-to-God IMDb page. It's Katrina Drummond, a.k.a. Good Sniff. Kat, hello, darling. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. (laughs) Here she is. Oh, darling, thank you. So, so much for coming on the pod today. I really appreciate you schlupping it down to Windsor. No, it's not a schlup at all. You're, you're <laughs> at the bottom end of the street with all the good Queenslanders. So yes, that's nice. true. It's nice down here. Yeah. <laughs> it's also good to see the two, like, terminally obsessed people with Queenslanders. Don't, don't bloody live in Queenslanders. No. <laughs> it's a bloody travesty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kat, I've got to say I have been dining out on your name uh, for quite some time with my five and two-year-old nieces. Oh. Um, You're not yeah. the only one. More people boast about me working on Bluey than I ever have. Because <laughs> as soon as people find out, they're like, I told my dad, I told my sister, I told my cousin, and they're all so impressed with me knowing you. Literally, <laughs> yes. Like, I don't think the youngest one understands what I'm talking about when I'm telling her, but I name drop you, like, every time I go over to the house, I'm like, guess what? My friend Kat worked on Bluey. Yeah, see that? See that? <laughs> no, but Bluey's real to them. Like, Bluey's a real dog. People don't make Bluey for kids. Just, oh, shit. You... <laughs> That's like saying just Santa's not exactly. real. <laughs> <laughs> you just, uh, like, the younger ones, people, like, sometimes from the show, they're just like, yeah, I am Bluey. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am Bluey. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's like when you see the, um, 
the the mascot costume, like you can see the eyes of the person wearing the costume, like in between it. So I mean, you know, like there's a reason why everyone you know would be. I guess, like I said, dining out on on your name and like name dropping as much as possible. Obviously, like you know, I'm a huge, huge fan of yours and have been for a long time. You can't separate the cultural impact that Bluey's had, and like on, from from a personal level, like it is so cool seeing your hometown represented in a cartoon, even, even if it's a cartoon not, not meant for you. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about, I guess, how you came to develop that visual identity for this series. Um, and I'd love to hear the story, I guess, of how, how it all came to be. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> no, I, I, I think it's just like a base aside level, just mm-hmm. like the amount of like it's obscene how popular it is now. Like I don't think any of us we knew we knew at a base level in Australia it was gonna do well, but even that, like it's more watched than The Simpsons on Disney Plus, which is like that's psychotic. Like that's just insane. That's insane. <laughs> Brisbane baby. Yeah, Brisbane baby. Brisbane. Um, so you brought this vision of Brisbane, this sort of like rose tinted kind of like <laughs> golden hour, um, you know, <laughs> like it's always golden hour in Brisbane. Um, yeah, know. and those those ugly ugly buildings we were just talking about, that yeah, are like black and white, like little town. You never see those. No. Definitely not. <laughs> no, the brutal... very idealized version, the, the the Brisbane we we want in our hearts, but yeah, the the yeah. tombstones of modernism in Brisbane yeah. uh, haven't quite made it to to Bluey yet, but. Not Hey, we'll be campaigning (laughs) very hard for them. (laughs) The worst buildings you've ever fucking seen in your life. They need to be in Bluey, properly represented. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Well, I've known the director of Bluey is Joe Brum, and Joe's kind of like old guard animation in Brisbane. He's had his studio. It's very confusing because his studio, Studio Joho, Mm. the studio that makes Bluey, Ludo Studio, Ludo Joho Studio. But, um, yeah, I knew him because I was a little pest, and when I was in uni, I emailed every, like, studio in Brisbane, because that's what you do when you got that fucking hustle grind set, bro. Yeah, man. <laughs> Secure that bag, baby. <laughs> yeah. So he kind of, like, we were on each other's radars for a really long time, and he'd always, like, email me going, like, hey, it's like, can you work on this, can you work on this, and I was never available. And then just, like, pure serendipity this was like the thing that I was available to work on and he's like it's set in Brisbane the pilot for the because there was like an initial bluey pilot and the intro music was just like him using custard and I'm like okay well (laughs) I need to work on this and it was just like I like I get I I don't want to say lucky because like I kind of put myself in the position for luck to happen but Mm. for this like I it feels very freaky how like well suited I was for this project because like I'm like born and bred Brisbane fucking obsessed with it got more loyalty than I know what to do with (laughs) and so yeah to end up working on this was just like a very surreal dream like you don't like projects this is like I never thought I'd have a project that'd be like oh this is like the project that I never thought would happen and like once in a lifetime man (laughs) but I mean it's real though right I feel the same way like seeing 
you know, the artwork that you've been creating over the years, the animations you've been creating over the years, and then this incredible opportunity yeah, comes, comes around. Yeah. And it's like, it's so... It's like so gels, exactly. <laughs> because, like, until then, you're happy, like, when you work in animation, you're sometimes you're working on, like, Goo Ninja. It's, like, it's <laughs> stuff that, like, you kind of, like, you can't meld your, like, personal creativeness with. Yeah. Then you just have to keep that, like, personal stuff separate, and you're, this is just, like, a job. But, yeah, Bluey was, like, the closest synergy that I think a lot of us had ever felt. But, um... I don't know, the initial style was motivated by, obviously, yeah, Joe and I both wanted it to be recognisably Queensland, not just, like, generic and American or, like, Mm. generic Australia. The characters are, like, just boxes. They're just boxes with ears. So all Joe wanted was, like, this super flat graphic design where the core shape language is just, like, a rounded cube. Mm. And so basically the style was built out from that, and everything else to do with, like, light and colour was just taken from just riding around on a bike and painting Brisbane, and that's all I've ever done, and so it came in very handy for uh, this, <laughs> this thing. And, yeah, just, like, putting the love into designing Queenslanders that they so rightly deserve, I guess, was another important part of it. Having having that, like, design language already, like, there in my noggin was uh, very handy. <laughs> Yeah, for designing absolutely. these things because yeah I don't think yeah it was just such a good thing that we were both like so laser focused on exactly like we were both on the same wavelength about what we wanted this to be and yeah. it came out looking like that and now if everybody's watching it and it's weird because <laughs> it's so local it's insanely local it's so local <laughs> it's so recognizable there's something really um like, it's beautiful, but also deeply unnerving seeing Brisbane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in a weird way. Do you know what I mean? Like, seeing, like, South Bank rendered yeah. in 2D, like, not in a way that's, like, it's not the butt of the joke. It's this, like, yeah. idealised version <laughs> of it. You know, everything is so clean, super, like, candy-coloured. and Only, look, like, a couple of ibises, one or two. To- even the ibises are beautiful. <laughs> yeah. There's no, like, missing toes or, like... Oh, I was at the dump putting stuff for, like, moving house and just, like, the ibis. They... That dump out at Nudgee... <laughs> yes. <laughs> fucking tangent. Yeah. The dump out at Nudgee, they... Those ibis, there's, like, hundreds of them inside the dump just, like, yeah. stinking up the place and eating... Like, just literally eating garbage. There is, like, their heritage protected natural habitat literally next door there was a swamp that where they came from and they and when they're given the choice they choose the garbage (laughs) because i've ridden my bike through that like nudgy wetlands and you see a couple here and there and then you go past the dump and it's just like this swarm of hundreds (laughs) of ibises they like garbage they they, they choose it well i mean you know when you're driving home on the way home from a holiday and you go hey mom can i have mcdonald's and your mom goes oh we've got mcdonald's at home (laughs) McDonald's at home is the wetlands. <laughs> You're going to choose the garbage dump every time. But yeah, I feel like often, I mean, we, it's not, it's not that we're guilty of it, but a lot of the time when you're depicting Brisbane as like the place that you love, it's just like, it's gross and sweaty and that's what we like mm-hmm. about it. And when we're like drawing it, there's all this, there's everyone sweating constantly in the picture and like yes. everything just looks kind of shitty, but in like a, in a way that you're doing it because you love it but yeah to see Brisbane as just this like pristine idealized like preschool show <laughs> is also its own its own kind of thing it's it's funny seeing shows like Bluey that have this really beautiful side of it 
But then also all of the like articles that accompany it. I remember seeing a domain.com article that was like class tourism, um, you know, pretends, <laughs> yeah. pretends to be working oh, class, but man, his home in Paddington would be worth $4 million. Yeah, that, that TikTok caused, uh, made, made a lot of hay for a lot of news articles, <laughs> that one. Louis' house is worth $4 million. $4 million. $4 million. This, oh man, this entire thing has been like a crash course in like media, oh, what's the word? It starts with S. Shitstorm? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why does Bluey hate poor people yeah. is the question that we need to be asking. <laughs> this is the thing, yeah, oh. God. But um, yeah, that like, yeah, I was just trying to say that like that, just that TikTok alone generated so many bloody articles for all those news sites. And like this whole thing has also been like a really interesting crash course in media sensationalism because if mm. one person on like the bluey like the like the mum fan club on bluey facebook which yeah. we all we all just like watch them quietly from the shadows <laughs> while they obsess over this fucking you're show you're on notice bluey mum fan club horny for bandit they they jeez <laughs> oh, it wouldn't that wasn't the crowd i was expecting to get horny over the, the fairy contingent Closeted mum fairies. Just a box. He's just a box. (laughs) There's nothing to him. And they want to check that box, baby. Oh, boy. (laughs) But, yeah, it's just been, like, every time somebody makes, like, the most offhanded, non-inflammatory comment, every single, like, Murdoch media thing will start churning out all these articles being like, oh, everyone's going crazy over this one thing about Bluey, and they just, they're going crazy. (laughs) And they're just making hay over just, like, the most inconsequential shit. And it's it's just been really... weird to watch but it generates clicks baby oh yeah and that's the secret i've seen a couple of i was i was doing a bit of a dig on google and i saw some reviews like i wanted to check out the one star reviews of bluey on google um (laughs) is it all like evangelical americans being like a lot of there's been uh, a couple of episodes and certain snippets of certain episodes that disney plus have not shown because there's there are like fart jokes in it so like I'm sorry and swords. Jokes? Yeah, there's like one particular episode where the gag is like the kids are patting a horse at like the West End like markets. Yeah. And they're patting the horse, and then the horse just like shits, they run away and it cuts. It's just like a funny gag. They just cut that out in the in the Disney Plus version, so it just doesn't make any sense. You're but um sure. yeah, and there's also like a I, I think I think it's already Yeah, there was like a pregnancy episode where they took one look at it and they're just like, uh no, it's not happening. Dad's <laughs> pretending to be pregnant with bingo. <laughs> It's just not going to end that. Um, There was a bunch. Hang on. Let me see if I can find one. Okay. Okay. I'm going to read out a one-star review of Bluey. Yes. And I'm going to get you to try and tell me what episode that could possibly be about. (laughs) Let's have a look. Um, So this is a one-star review on Google. Bluey is overtly sexual because of the way Bluey and his mum spend time together is is extremely inappropriate. This show should be banned. That's bizarre. I have no idea what episode. I don't know what show he's watching. And also just like check your pronouns. Bluey's a girl. Yes. Um, yeah. We all know blue is but for boys even, and pink yeah, is for obviously. girls. Like dogs are boys, cats are girls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, I've got one actually. Yep. One star review from a Google user with a Mickey Mouse avatar. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was watching a episode when I saw them take a pet to the vet 
and he said, your pet died. That's not right because a lot of kids are gonna be scared. Their pet's gonna die and that's traumatizing. Okay, check your pronouns again. The nurse was a girl in the vet episode. Come on, are you even paying attention? <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, that's very funny. Just like death can't be real because I have, like kids can't know, I guess. Yeah, dogs don't die. Yeah, <laughs> we all know that. They don't go to heaven and dogs don't die. Um, I've got a few people saying that this show is horrible. It's literally a rip-off of Peppa Pig. Mm, let's not get into that. Um, <laughs> spiritual. Fight. Yeah, spiritual um, enemy of Bluey. Yeah. <laughs> that even at, like, the top level, Joe is like, I've got nothing against the man. Just, like, leave him alone. <laughs> like, I've got nothing against the sweet, sweet Peppa. And everyone's just like, yeah, fuck him. And we're all just like, God, you said like, it, man. We do not need to create beef here, guys. Yeah, we've got like, no beef with Peppa this- Pig. Like, fucking bluey fans out for blood. Peppa Pig, you're on notice. <laughs> there's, there's many a time when animators are like, man, I wish we were taken more seriously by, like, the entertainment and live-action community as a whole, and then here we are talking about, like, we've got no beef with Peppa Pig, bro. Just, like, put it to bed. <laughs> this is why, because we constantly get caught in these just, like, asinine situations where we have to say the words, like, I have no beef with Peppa Pig. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So, okay, so you started working for Bluey 2018 yeah. as the art director. Art director, for... yeah. It was like me, um, the rigger, Owain, and Joe stuffed in like two rooms at QUT on their like. No way. What are, the, oh, what are those things called? It's like their little startup offices. Oh, like the. We were next pods to like. Yeah, we, yeah, we were at the fucking pods, man, with like <gasps> Peppermint Magazine. And that was the starting point. <laughs> Oh my god. Next door, yeah. Um, so it started out at QT, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was. Just, I don't know, just like circumstantially, because I think Ludo was there in the offices already, and then we just kind of like got more offices, and then we're like, okay, this is getting stupid, because like, you can't close the door because we've got like duct tape cords going in between the rooms for the fucking computers, so we like, we need to get an office. So, <laughs> and we got a really nice office, so... So you'd been working uh, at Bluey for a couple of years and then you moved over to the US. That was only to, well, I mean, like the career trajectory was basically graduating uni, you have this like very awkward phase that I think every animator goes through where you're just like designing pizza menus for your mum's friend's (laughs) restaurant and you're just eating shit, just shoveling shit for like six to 12 months after you're out of uni and then you might get like a real job after that. I started, um, the first proper job I got was down in Sydney animating like a little animated intro for this show this Australian show called Butter Snacks and Gumballs based on that that childhood book and that was like um Alex Grigg who's also from Queensland who is now he's he's a bloody hot shot he's another old guard and he's the best and I owe him my life (laughs) for, for giving me that first job and um that was a really amazing start because I was working at a place in Sydney called Mighty Nice and the best and I love them and that was a great start because it was a good job 
and it provided a very stark contrast to a lot of bad jobs that then come after, which is just, like, the nature of the beast. But then there were some, like, absolutely fucking horrible ones for a couple of years. Oh, really? In between, in between just, like, other, like, a lot of the stuff I was doing initially was just, like, animation for advertising, because, like, that's, like, the going thing in Australia. Just, like, mm. a, lot of, a lot of stuff in, like, advertising in Sydney and Melbourne and stuff. And then I started getting jobs that were, like, kind of art direction production design for like kids shows which is kind of I don't know I guess that's what I'm good at I guess yeah (laughs) and um yeah it's just been kind of trying to step up from there more and more art direction stuff like to touch on that the nature of the Australian animation industry in general I I have seen like people talk about this this specifically that like there's a lot of money in advertising. There's a lot of money in quote unquote content <laughs> creation um, and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's still, uh, I guess like it feels like still like a bit of like a grower for production companies and for like television and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Like actual like shows. Shows. We have never yeah. had a lot of shows in Australia <laughs> because I, I came up recently because of some bloody Cartoon Brew article where they were they were rightfully saying that because of there was this huge drama with the quotas being cut for um, Australian TV because it's not the case in America where you have these like giant studios that are making the cartoons themselves. It's in Australia the cases you just get funding for it, as we are all aware. Government juicy, delicious government funding. (laughs) um, They cut, they like basically slashed all their quotas because there's like a certain, there was supposed to be a certain percentage of like animation or like Australian kids stuff that you were supposed to show on each channel and that was basically fueling the animation shows getting made in Australia. But I think Mm. basically only Bluey and like two other ones got made within the last, like, two years because of all the quotas just went out the door. Was this (laughs) due to COVID or...? No, this was just, like, liberal government bullshit, I think, as far as I'm aware. But, um, yeah, this was, like, this was in 2019. Oh, no, it would have been in, yeah, like, 2018, 2019, this happened, and everyone was like, this is going to have, like, terrible run-on effects, and lo and behold, this is what's happened. And there's shows getting made in Australia, like, shows that I'm working on that are for Netflix and funded by American production studios, but the irony of that is, like, we're making these shows for, like, an American audience, and, like, the show I'm working on right now, YOLO, is, like, the most Australian show ever, and no Australian has seen the first season of it, which has been made, which is just absurd. YOLO... Yeah, I, I, um, we've, we've spoken about this before. I've watched a bunch of clips of it, and I had to fight the urge to pirate your show <laughs> to to watch it because there's uh, nowhere to, to see it in Australia. When it debuted mm. on Adult Swim, the creator Michael Cusack had to torrent it because it's just not, like, full stop. Allegedly. You cannot, allegedly. <laughs> I don't think he's... He doesn't even say allegedly. He's just like, yeah, if you want to see it he's in like, Australia, yeah, I stole just fucking, it. Yeah, fucking steal it. Um... Yeah, no, it's just wretched, like, how that works. Because there is no no place you can even, like, legitimately buy it online. Like, I I only saw the show because I started fucking working on it. Because I'm like, oh, I don't want to do the usual thing and just, like, look it up on Kiss Anime. (laughs) So (laughs) the only reason I saw it is because I'm working on the fucking season Jump on Crunchyroll or whatever. (laughs) So is this as an issue 
like due to Foxtel's stranglehold of I, I have channels no in American. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. No, that's so I am not fine. qualified to talk on that. Yeah, but, um, no, that's so know, fair. It's so like so... A, we were waiting. Apparently, Adult Swim is. HBO and HBO doesn't have streaming in Australia, yeah. so that's what we're waiting for. And every time, like Michael is like, "Hey, when's it going to show?" And then she's like, uh, "In a second, maybe. I don't know. Like, <laughs> whenever." Yes, you're like this very niche show of Australian just keep, just culture. Just keep making smiling so, friends. Don't worry about YOLO. Just keep doing yeah. it. <laughs> um, can you tell me about YOLO? I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear your experience. So. YOLO, for those who don't know, is a... That cartoon you saw in 2012 on YouTube. Exactly. <laughs> those two girls getting their shit fucked. Getting, yeah. Getting fuck your shit. Yeah, gonna get me shit. In the land down under, two women set out on a mystical quest. Yeah! To get trashed. Wanna go to a party tonight? Oh, my God, totally! Yeah! Couple of like really hectic, like you know, quote unquote, bogan uh, babes. Yeah, bogan babes. Um, Sarah and Rachel. Sarah and Rachel, who are constantly like on the hunt for a sesh. They are like sesh demons. Their entire entire foundational character. (laughs) But it's also quite like um, you know, surrealist. Like it almost kind of reminds me of like Super Jail or something. Yeah, I've never seen it, but yeah, like Like, all of Cusack's stuff is just like Australian absurdism. Yes, super absurd. And it's so the studio that you work for, Bento Princess Bento. Princess Bento. This is like <laughs> a partnership between uh, Bento Box, which is a company that like produced Bob's yeah. Burgers yeah. and like all of these massive shows. And then they partnered up with Princess Studios. Who were just kind of, I think they were kind of live action. I just, mm. I don't know. We've had nothing. There's like no American animators on this show or anything. Like they don't, yeah. like we don't have any bento box people working on it. So I don't know. That's just higher up problems. To yeah, <laughs> totally. Some totally. kind of marriage that's going on up at the production level that nobody's really quite sure about. But stuff, stuff is happening and really cool stuff is happening at that studio. So that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> Good well, shit. Do you think there's been, like, a a bit of a shift, like, in Australian animation away from the sort of, like, ABC iView world more into these sort of, like, independently produced shows being made? I don't know. Well, I can't... You can't even call it a shift because there was nothing there in the first place. This is, like, really, like, the grassroots beginning with, like, there's stuff happening in Princess Bento, which is, like, the first time people are able to pitch a show to a studio and the studio will consider it. And the same thing's happening at Ludo. Like, people are starting... Like, they went around and said, like, hey, do you want to pitch something? And that's, like, opportunities aren't there in Australia, full stop. Like, this is... There's been little bits here and there, but by and large, it's been that age-old thing of, like, the only people who ever... I mean, it's not even, like, the only people who ever got it were just, like, unfunny white dudes. Just, like, nobody got it. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's been nothing. Fuck, yeah. fuck all, man. Isn't that <laughs> just, funny? Yeah, yeah there's, and there's, like, gatekeepers, but, like, they didn't gatekeep anything because there's, like, no <laughs> shows happening in Australia. <laughs> they were too powerful. Yeah, too, too powerful at gatekeeping. So just, like, no, nothing. I don't know. There's, like... Stuff that happened with Cartoon Network, there'd be like little shorts and stuff, but nothing, nothing significant. Maybe I'm probably making someone very angry because I've like 
left out somebody's show back in, like, the early 2000s, but, like, aside from, like, kids' stuff, there's not, there hasn't been many animation shows being made in Australia. It just feels like there hasn't been enough, like, kind of money thrown at it that wasn't sort of, like, filtered through the Australian government or Screen Australia yeah, or because, like, who would give way? us the money? And they're so that, like, the literacy for just anything drawn, let alone, like, actual animation is so poor in Australia that you couldn't, like, you couldn't convince anyone to give a significant amount of money to animation because they just, like, the people with the money just don't get it, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I wonder, I remember reading an article or an interview that you did. You, You were mentioning how you'd gone over to the U.S., to do professional development and... <laughs> That's um, a very cool word for uh, going, going to, to an academy and uh, smoking weed every other day. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but like you'd, you'd made a comment about how the quality of animation education in Australia is quite poor. And as someone that worked oh, yeah. for Quantum College for a long time... <laughs> no! I didn't know that. As a receptionist. No, oh, no, 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 no. Bro. It's fine. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. I, the, um, Quantum ruled. I did, like, a course there when I was in high school, and it was just, like, a 3D course, and, like, the people, there was just, like, a bunch of us fucking twerp high schoolers coming up in the elevator, and one of the guys, there was, like, um, three guys and just me in the elevator, and this one high school guy was like, hey, how you going? I'm, I'm Damien, and shook the hands of the two guys in the elevator, and they just didn't even look at me. <laughs> and I just oh did like the twerpiest, God. dorkiest course, and it's just one of those things where you look back on it, passing like when you're older than the people who were like teaching you that course, you can just tell they were just like they there was just like some weekend money for like a bunch of uni students because oh. they had no idea what the fuck was going on. No, well, because they're <laughs> doing whole... like the Maya teapot bullshit. <laughs> their whole business model was. You graduate from quantum into becoming a teacher at quantum. Yeah, it's the pipeline, baby. <laughs> yeah, it so is. it's the same with like it's the same with all. I'm sure it's the case with like a lot of stuff, but it's uh, that really happens in animation as well. Like you can't find a job, so you just like recycle yourself back into the fucking <laughs> university that, and you like have no job experience to teach anyone. So it's just stupid because like. This is useless. <laughs> there was, at, at the time that I was working there in 2009, there, this was like peak GFC yes, time. Yes. And, you know, Quantum was less about the like animation industry, more about games design and like gaming and stuff. Yeah. And um, all of the students that didn't go back into teaching there um, were at just the perfect time because all of the games, like gaming houses and game production companies, had shut down yeah. over the GFC. Uh, 99.9% of... there were I don't know how many studios there were, but everyone, every game studio in Brisbane died except for the fucking Fruit Ninja guys. They were the only ones that were left standing. <laughs> it became this big joke that, like, all of the graduates from games design went into mobile games. Oh, yeah. And so, like... Yeah, that was, like, the big thing when I was entering uni. Everyone was like, this is where the fucking money bags are, guys. Gotta get into fucking, like, Fruit Ninja and, like, the... The Flappy Bird and shit. Listen, audience, you've got to understand, 2009, like, the iPhone was only, like, two years old at this point. Yeah, people were still, like, people... Everyone was playing mobile games before it became just, yeah. like, only, like, mums play mobile game. Fucking whatever it is. <gasps> candy exactly. Crush. Yeah, candy Crush. <laughs> you know, this is, like, painting a pretty bleak picture 
Because it was. Well, because it was, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, it was was grim. (laughs) Like, 2000, like, yeah, it just... In an industry that's already quite precariously reliant on funding from the government Mm -hmm. and from, like, private investors and stuff. And so it does make sense that, you know, it's taken this long for there to be some sort of, like, you know, rebirth or, like, genesis yeah. and of, now like, there's finally there's finally, like, a critical mass of places that aren't the ABC that you could, like, have a show on that people would watch. Like, not just some, like, random channel off in the ether. Like, people have Netflix, people have a bunch <laughs> of other different streaming services. And, yeah, I don't know, like... But how do you feel about Bluey um, making the switch from ABC to Disney? Do you... Oh, they have Disney can like has Disney does not have their dirty mitts on Disney. <laughs> 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 Disney Plus does not have their dirty mitts on Bluey in any other capacity aside from distribution. Like Disney has nothing to do with any of the goings on at the studio. There's like no, like we're not beholden to them at all. That's incredible. Which is great. We're only beholden to the BBC and the ABC, the two people that gave us funding. That is incredible. Yeah. So, yeah, everyone was, like, so worried. They're like, oh, are they going to, like, do American accents? It's like, no, they are literally just, like, they have the distribution rights for America, and that's it. Oh, man. That <laughs> so is so nothing to worry awesome. about, aside from the, the episodes they don't broadcast to the States. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. Whatever. <That's> <laughs> oh. yeah. So how do you think... Um, streaming services like Netflix and Disney have changed the face of animation generally? Um, They've caused a mass exodus from the shitty studios to go work in Netflix. (laughs) That's uh, that's all that's been happening. Well, like, this is is just, like, LA gossip mill shit of, like, Uh um, yeah, I was living there for the better half of 2019 studying at just, like, an academy, and so you go around and you, like, hang out with all the other animators there, and, um, yeah, everyone was just up and shop and running at Netflix because they they had so they've got so much shit going on in the in the tank and it's I think it's all coming out now like Centaur World and all that kind of stuff but um mm-hmm. yeah it, I don't I can't attest to whether their how they run their productions is any better than say like Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network but yeah I think there were there's a lot of like shitty practices that obviously go on in animation like overworking people and getting treated like shit and sexual <laughs> harassment um and yeah a lot of people were running for that reason and also the you know the nice high and mighty reason of just like they're creating stuff that nobody had had the opportunity to create before this point because like adult animation that wasn't like shitty and bad like yes yeah there's just like the it's finally like the 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 doors being like cracked open and stuff is slowly like things that every animator has talked about for like a decade is finally coming to fruition. Like we're finally seeing these things that we want to see. <laughs> I think Spider-Man, the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse one that just like smashed the fucking, like just smashed the door down. Like everyone was like, this yeah. is what we've been asking for for years. Like a perfect marriage of like 2d sensibilities with cgi that is not like it's not like a hyper realistic fucking like smurf movie like yes <laughs> like the execs, yeah. the execs have finally figured out that 3d doesn't mean hyper real <laughs> and that everyone is finally allowed to like 
use animation to its fullest potential to achieve stuff that only animation can do, which is, like, cool and exciting. That's... Man, (laughs) I saw this great tweet the other day that was, like, how can you watch Into the Spider-Verse and still think for a second that live-action filmmaking is the future of superhero movies? Kill kill all live-action directors. We don't need them, man. I think about (laughs) the amount of wasted money, like... Seven million dollars an episode that was spent <laughs> um, on Cowboy Bebop, the live action reboot <laughs> that happened Bebop, recently. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to look at those pictures, they make me grumpy. Um, <laughs> I, apparently, I, sh- I don't know, a couple of animators were just like, Oh, you yeah, would actually use good, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to know about it. So, you didn't <laughs> watch the trailer? I, I watched the trailer, and that was, you know, that was enough. Uh-huh. <laughs> Message received. <laughs> Needless to say, we're not pro live action reboot of animation. Yeah, just John John Favreau can keep his Lion King, I guess. Oh, that was a travesty. Go back to Chef, bro. That was your best work. Oh, Chef. <laughs> Chef it all rules. went downhill from there. <laughs> Chef was great. Chef was the best movie ever. But, man, The Lion King, like, you can say a lot of things about it, but I feel like the, the thing that stood out the most watching that movie, it was boring. You can see, like, the, the side-by-side comparison how much a movie like that with a really simple rendition of Hamlet, you know, <laughs> yes. um, is, is like, it, it's like the, its entire value comes from its aesthetic. Like, you know, yes, it's a, it's a good story. Yes. It's whatever. But like the animation is what it makes it beautiful. Yeah, I just, like, you, I'd have to, like, sit down and properly nut out in, like, a, you could you could do, like, a whole thesis on it, on just, like, how it's so confusing that that movie exists because there is some, like, grand, like, haze, like, of just, I don't want to say brainworm because I'm sick of that phrase, but just, like, <laughs> this brainworm of that live action is, like, there's like a hierarchy and it's like I don't I don't even know how to explain it. It doesn't well, like it just doesn't girl. make sense to me why that exists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because in somebody's mind, like I don't know, I don't know what you think to think that like we need to have a live action version of this like perfect thing that doesn't like it's just its own thing. It doesn't ugh. It's its own <laughs> visual language. Yeah, like, it's, it's yeah, that's it. It's like its own visual language and you, you can see the conversations in the boardroom, right? Where, like, you know, you've got the, like... Aside uh, from to make money, like, I understand that motivation 100%. From, like, from totally a get cynical that. point of view, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. It's not even cynical. It's just, it just makes bloody business sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's just good business. But you can see that it's more than that because they have, like, they really do buy into their own bullshit when they say things like, we want to bring the Lion King story to life, right? <laughs> like those and I mean, the whole joke being that, like, you know, obviously the Lion King wasn't even live action in quotes anyway because it was just all CG. Oh, it, was exactly. just, it was literally an animated film. Which yes, is like, it is another oh. animated film. So it's not like you're bringing it to life. We're not filming lions. We are just making a second animated film, but... Ironically, with less life in it. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it, it speaks to, like, this even subconscious feeling that, say, like, an executive would have for live action that, like, animation is, like, still for children and it's still less. And so we have to make it live action to just, I don't know. 
There's this know, distinction. This, this, this argument's been made like a million jillion times. No, it's like... fine. But, you know, it's also never been more kind of like necessary to have those conversations too because like, I mean, fuck man, like... Chris Pratt as Garfield, Chris Pratt as Mario. Double, what a double header. Yeah. What a a get for him. Yeah. I mean, again, like Cowboy Bebop, I hate to go back to it, but that was $7 million an episode for 10 episodes that got immediately cancelled. Like, it it has, it's been cancelled. Oh, that's so embarrassing for them. It's humiliating. It's absolutely humiliating. You can make a it could just make a shitty animation and it would be better than like having it wouldn't get cancelled <laughs> like, this is what I'm saying we get, I'm not saying we could do it for cheap but like just just make like Jesus that's that's so that's just embarrassing for why them, not make honestly. another season of Cowboy Bebop <laughs> yeah, you know what do I mean that, man. yeah seriously <laughs> or do like anything else <laughs> yeah, do literally anything else with your time I'm begging oh, you fucking hell <laughs> I didn't realise it was that much. That's okay. awful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sucks to be you guys. <laughs> Seriously, Netflix is getting dragged over the coals. Because, yeah, there was, like, a time before they really started, like, when they... they Back in, like, 2016, Netflix wasn't producing its own content as much, and the move was, like... With, like, they had a bunch of Disney stuff on there, and so the move was they were switching to producing their own stuff. There was a time when, like, all they, like, there was just so much bad, useless shit on Netflix, and now there's like ten times that amount. But they're also now making stuff in house, which they weren't doing till 2016, and that's when the switch happened, and that's when they started. Like, they finally picked up a bunch of animators, and that's why there's now a bunch of like Netflix animated shows because they finally got like a functioning fucking studio instead of just like cherry picking Disney films and stuff like that. Totally, which is cool because they've got like all this money to produce whatever the fuck they want. They can just mm-hmm. throw shit at the wall and see what sticks, um, for better or worse. But then you've got stuff like Cowboy Bebop that feels like it's IP protection. They're like, oh, we're just going to make this because we don't want to, like, lose the contract for it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the reason, honestly. Like, I've seen stuff done for stupid reasons. Yeah, like, seriously. <laughs> like, there are shows, there's there's this show, um, The Owl House on Disney, that's, like, a mm. kid's show made by Dana Terrace, and, um, it is getting rushed into, like, a season, like, a final season, because she, this is from the horse's mouth, she did, like, yeah. because there was so much speculation as to, like, it's a really good show for the people that like it, and everyone was really confused why it was ending so quickly and why it was obviously getting pushed off to the side. And she just, like, it wasn't even an AMA. She just made a post on Reddit and she's like, the reason my show's getting canned is because one guy, just one fucking guy at Disney, just doesn't, oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. Oh, <laughs> my God. just got canned, which is insane. Like, that's so silly. No way. Yeah, because, it, I, don't, I don't know the, re- the exact reasons, but he was just like, mm, no, sorry. And just, like, <laughs> ruining the careers of, like, hundreds of anime. <laughs> Putting them out of work. Yeah, maybe I'll delete that bit. (laughs) I mean, do you have any friends working for those companies at the moment? 
Um, yeah, I got a couple of friends in the States. Um, I have the honor of knowing the guy who designed the Szechuan sauce in Rick and Morty. Which is Get his, the fuck out of I don't here. know whether it's his greatest regret. And he's like, um, his name's Justin, and he is like the guy you call when you have a monster and it's got to look sick as fuck. Like every, he's just like, he works, I think he's still working on Rick and Morty, but he's basically like a gun for hire if you want just like the sickest fucking monster in your animation for just like a specific episode and um he's he's an amazing draftsman and it was just like a pre-production prop design that he had to do and he was just like yeah source packet cool done pass it on and just didn't like realize the implications the societal breakdown (laughs) that was like by the fucking szechuan sauce (laughs) your magnum opus would be like you know destroyed by your own creation kind of thing no i think he's like it doesn't i don't think it bothers him he's he's better than that holy (laughs) shit too cool that's so funny (laughs) oh my god I reckon we should transition into our next segment, which is called TikTok Tantrapreneurs. Yes, yes, yes. I yes, know you've I been excited so for this ready. one. I've been ready for weeks. Yes. <laughs> been stealing myself. I've got a few really good ones for us. You're a thousand dollars a month in passive income as a 14-year-old. Listen, I've had three business lunches today. I did a lot of typing. I am exhausted. All you have to do is join me live tonight right here on TikTok. Here's how I'm making seven figures even when I'm sitting in bed with COVID. Making $3,000 a week on this one simple thing. Make up to $400 per hour speaking. I'm about to share something with you, something small that changed my life forever. And This is the key. You are about you to, are hear, about the to hear the number one cheat code to life. All right, here we go. So this is the first one. This is more of a, I guess, just like getting in the mood, like the mood of um, <laughs> the hustle and grind culture. We're, we're getting back into the headspace of what it takes. I swear that you want to learn how, but I promise you, none of y'all are willing to put in the work that it takes, man. Come on, we're flipping JPEGs for a thousand percent, man, and you're still waiting for your mommy to wake you up for school? We're out here quantifying human psychology to put in market rotations, and you're still refreshing Wall Street bets on market open. Man, it's time to boss up. You need to wake up, it's time to elevate yourself. You've seen this for a reason. Follow me <laughs> Um, uh, before we go, I want to actually show you American, another one from this guy. Uh, the American urge to just, like, speak rap. Like, I don't know <laughs> any other culture that indulges in such, like, a cringe pastime. That just washed over me like a waterfall. It was, like, pure white noise. <laughs> oh, right. yeah, cool. God, literally five days ago, you said that you weren't going to get left behind. Now, look, you're still on TikTok and you're about to scroll because you can't hear the truth, bro. But don't worry, keep pencil pushing, go get your degree, make your mom proud, bro, you're doing a good thing. But let me tell you something, I got seven degrees, bro, and not one of them retired my mom, not one of them bought me this mansion, and not one of them got me my supermodel girlfriend. And I'm not telling you to drop out, bro, I'm just telling you to educate yourself so you don't get left behind. foolish he's saying silly words that he's got like all the tiktok lights money could buy and they're all rapidly changing color but just like i don't even know what he's saying like it just like i can't 
it's like that 180 cancel noise thing that's happening like yeah. I can't hear his voice he's just saying like so many empty platitudes like I, don't even, I couldn't even tell you he's just he's so he's uh, built his own yeah, NFT gallery okay so he bought these NFTs or, yeah okay. and he's so these are his oh, okay that's so, great that's like the first time I've seen an NFT gallery and it looks exactly how you'd expect it to look <laughs> Love the raw concrete floors and the white walls. Yeah, it looks like um, albinoblacksheep.com um, <laughs> landing page. What a deep cut, yes. <laughs> <laughs> really, not even new grounds, like free new grounds bullshit. Yeah, well, m- motherfucker bought Zhao Zhao. Weevilstuff.com. So this kid um, is a crypto trader, believe it or not. Um, made his I made his millions doing that. Phoebe, I believe it. Mm-hmm. I don't believe anything else about this man. <laughs> what was he doing before? Did he just pop into existence once NFTs were created? Because I can't imagine what this guy was doing before. I don't think he existed. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I've got another couple of TikTokies for us. In with what we were talking about before because it is very relevant. Do you know what genre of animation sucks? Gaudy adult flash animation. Family Guy, Big Mouth, Paradise PD, Rick and Morty. We're going to need a little context for this one, I think, um, because... (laughs) This is uh, <laughs> this is a, a genre of video on TikTok that I can only describe as a millennial, like a hate crime against millennials, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is basically like uh, Gen Z have just been like absolutely dunking. Oh, so on... that's what it was. I thought I just thought that guy had really specific preferences about what pictures he doesn't like on Netflix. <laughs> is this just a millennial dunk? Is that what that was? This is this is a bit of a millennial dunk which has been okay. like uh, you know on across a lot of platforms which is making fun of a specific genre of animation that they call yeah. adult animation. Mm-hmm. Um that... Can I also slightly segue Please. to say that the thing that gets me about like the zoom is shitting on the millennials is like this happens in every generation but like they choose the shittiest millennial culture things that even we fucking hate. And I don't think it's fair to compare the worst things of one generation with, like, the, the fucking, like, Pog is cool as cool as sick things. Are you trying like to Gen say Z. not all millennials? <laughs> I suppose I am. You're like, um, I'm not actually a Harry Potter stan. Thank you very much. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> my friend and I... I'm better we were, than that. Oh, man, we were, like, delirious after watching one of those just, like, absolutely like rancid Netflix romance films that you just watch to like mm-hmm. it's like sport for women just like getting oh, drunk yes, and screaming is. at the television watching like the worst Netflix film you've yes. ever seen um yeah and we were just like losing our minds it was like 12 30 at night and um she was she found this like 40 dot point article of just like like zoom is making fun of millennials and the tweet was just like when coffee is bay. And just, I don't know, we just fucking Jesus lost it. Christ. Like, what does that... That's so, like, obscured by five levels of meaning. When coffee is bae. And now we just started saying when coffee is bae. Because I guess it, it? it came from, like, the fundamental thing of, like, something is bae, but then it's been, like, cough because it's coffee and coffee is... We, we love our fucking bean juice. I coffee mean, is yeah. bae. And it just, like, we didn't realise that at first and we just thought it was just some, like, surreal 
most absurdist, like, <laughs> just fart. Like, like, it didn't make any sense. An AI-generated, <laughs> yeah, like... it was purely, like, AI. Yeah, it was just, like, a dream It's node. so <laughs> funny as well, because, like, all of the stuff that, I guess, like, is like, the we, butt of we the also joke... also hated that stuff, too. Like, it's fucking awful. Listen, I just want to say, like, publicly state coffee is bae that is how <laughs> corporations talked to try and sound like us it wasn't how we actually sounded yeah. i digress this is so. this is how history gets confused in the books down exactly. the line man like we're, we're here we're trying to plead our case and it's just gonna get washed we're seeing by history coffee being deleted in, this is the book burning this is the like <laughs> Library, Library of, of Alexandria, Alexandria <laughs> and all that remains shipped it. into the sandstone. <laughs> coffee is bay, and that's the reason the Rosetta Stone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Fucking and you know, <laughs> the the thing that will be um, right next to uh, Coffee is Bay on the Rosetta Stone, <laughs> centuries to follow, is a little show called Big Mouth. Um, this is a, this TikTok was a genre of TikTok, which is dunking on the millennial style, uh, or the millennial era of animation. So your American dads, your family guys, big mouth, uh, which is obviously a lot more modern than that, but you know, and it, it, it's a like big mouth is definitely like the the thread that continues it's like a follow it follows, on, it follows on yeah <laughs> and there's this big conversation all over twitter and i am desperate to get your take <laughs> on this cat because i know you have strong feelings about it um uh, about the idea of ugly animation why would you make a show with character models as ugly Look, I get it. I get why they made it. I get the point of them being this ridiculously ugly models. It doesn't change the fact that it's impossible to look at. Look at these things! The reason that things like anime are so popular are because they use highly detailed character models that are pleasing to look at. It's similar to why we prefer attractive actors. If we're going to be looking for things on screen for over an hour, we prefer them to be pleasing to look at. If your characters look like this, it just basically defeats the point of the medium. And... You know, you see this like Netflixification of of animation and people talking about how why don't we make beautiful animations yeah. anymore? Why is everything so ugly? Anymore. Why? We yeah, never... <laughs> yeah. Was it ever like why are we it's reusing that... assets? It looks cheap. It smells cheap. All this, that, and the other. Oh man, it's such like the most immature take you can get which there's you know there's some truth to it it's like all oh, this animation that's like i think okay so what's happening is <clears throat> people are saying like this like stuff like big mouth family guy american dad all those other fucking shows that don't even reach australia that we don't even know the name of yeah. <laughs> there's like a park ranger one that like looks like family paradise guy. pd yeah and that, and that, that one as well yeah. like i think when people are talking about like animation that's ugly or ugly on purpose, they're using that as a shorthand to just, like, shit on that, like, general catch-all style of, like, that fucking, like, <laughs> dinner plate white eyes, little old nose, fucking, like, mm, yeah. lips, and that's, like, and they look, they're shaped like potatoes. Permanent three-quarter <laughs> yeah. vision, like, three-quarter viewpoint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, perfectly, three-quarter, <laughs> constantly. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I think you can, like, the most immature response to that is just, like, because, like, unfunny straight white guys are in charge of all these animations, but, mm-hmm. like, there's a grain of truth to that, because, like, these shows keep happening, because, like, a carbon copy of the same fucking 
fucking comedian guy keeps getting greenlit for all these shows. And these shows don't <laughs> look the same. There's other elements to it because, like, at the end of the day, for some reason, the people like this shit. Like, I don't yeah. know, like, people you're never going to meet are just like, man, Paradise PD is my favorite show. <laughs> fucking love that shit. And this, this is like, just some... eight seasons? Yeah, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, just like a person you're never going to meet who's, like, 40 years old and lives in, like... Wisconsin, like that's their favorite show, and that's why these shows get made. But do you think there's a viewership for these shows? Yeah, like they keep getting made, so obviously, yeah, like people wow. are watching them at the end of the day, and so there's an element of that to it, and it's like a formula that works, so it's easy to make. But I think, like, if you go further down, why it's become popular like is it cheaper to make or is well, it that's like... like there's a whole argument going on within animation gets brought up on twitter all the time of just like people who have been involved in things like family guy got a got a or like american dad and they've got like a view from the inside and it's like these shows happen because like we're really overworked and underpaid and this is like the only rig that we can do and it makes sense and this is why final space exists and it's like uh, what's kind? final space it's just another one that looks exactly the same it's like a star trek oh. one that's just got like rick and face as, as the yes. kids would say just copy pasted yeah, like just, just, it's just that face it's that fucking yeah. face and i don't know there's just i agree with that to a certain degree but there's also like at a fundamental level i think there's like this weird animation brain in america where there is this conception that like the human form rendered in 2d tv animation form like that is the truest thing you can do <laughs> and they think that like that is the only way a human can look for it to be readable and good and makes sense to people which is just yeah. like so wrong i it think people are just so used to seeing that that they think that's the only way you could design a character that would like make sense but like the other aspect is like it's cheap rah, rah, rah. but um i think there's also this thing if you like burrow further down there is this dichotomy that exists you could argue that within animation there's like your artist who likes story and your artist who likes to draw. And so the person who's drawing is like really into like technical draftsmanship and rah, 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 and just like, you know, backgrounds and character design and all that kind of stuff. And your story guy is, you know, into story. Maybe they've got like a webcomic. They like doing like stupid gag stuff or just like they're making YouTube stuff. And more often than not, the people going into pitch animations are the story guys. And so the story guys don't more, like don't usually have like the dual wielding of like they're not as good at art because like I don't know it's just you can't be super great at all <laughs> things all at once yeah you yeah. can't like it's I don't know it's just it's weird because like it's never the case of that in say Japan there's heaps of so many people because they're all just fucking insane and don't sleep for like two hours a night who are just like perfect dual wielders of like story yeah. and art but more often when it comes to TV animation doesn't happen really in film because mm. you've built up like there's I don't know, there's like a built-up system in there that kind of works, but a lot of the time in TV animation, people coming to pitch are like the story guys, and if you are an artist who's come up to pitch, you're obviously bringing in some of your own art for the pitch, and then if you get that pitch, you're running with this person's style, which often lacks the visual appeal of someone who is just like loves drawing just and artists. understands it and properly appreciates it and so more often than not 
not because they're like stubborn or resistant. This is just what happens. It's like yeah. that's why why Rick and Morty looks the way it looks. It's because it's Justin Roiland's style, and that's like just what they ran with. Path of least resistance, <laughs> kind yeah, of thing. It's, yeah, it's yeah. That's a really good way of summing it up. And then it then it comes back to the people who get greenlit for pictures are just the same fucking dude over and over again. And then there's this other thing going off in the fucking big mouth zone where it's like the person who is directing this animation is not an animator at all. They have no visual literacy whatsoever. And I could, I could just fucking bet you a hot fucking hundo, I would put money on the table, that those designs from that show, nobody walked up to the table where the director was and said, right, how about this one? And he went, alright, I'll pick that one, and that's how the fucking characters look. Like, no character designer working on that show would want those characters to look like that. That is a wretched creature wrought from like a hundred revisions dictated by somebody who has no idea what the fuck they're talking about why are the eyes so glassy why are the lips so plump like why do they look like that the whole <laughs> it's just it's just one of those things where you like you work in enough you work in enough projects of varying degrees of like quality where you start to see in like advertisements on tv and character designs where you can tell that this thing is just, like, a revision monster. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the only reason it looks like that. Nobody, maybe even the director doesn't even want it to look like, doesn't even want it to look like that, but you get to this point and it's, like, a sunk cost fallacy and it's too late to change it, and you're like, well, that's the way it looks now, so we just got to run with it. And, like, I have... Duh, I don't... I Like, I have no... I've never done any research into Big Mouth as to why. I try to stay away from it as far as possible. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I would highly suspect maybe that's the case. But, it, like, at the very least, that's, like, a thing that often happens, even if it didn't happen for them. But, like, fucking hell, man. Like, Damn, why do they look like that? that <laughs> I just yeah. don't know. Yeah, what do they do to my boy? <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to see, like, an, an initial, like, character sketch of those guys before, like, the directors started reviewing them. Because, oh. like, I highly doubt they started out looking like that. And I've I've read a lot of um takes about Big Mouth <laughs> yes. specifically. Extremely like, guys, hot takes. <laughs> I need you to pause this podcast right now if you haven't seen it, if you don't have Netflix, just go Google Big Mouth characters. The most wretched, yeah, like bottom of the barrel character nasty, design. It's so disgusting. Nasty girls. little monsters. <laughs> it's horrible. Your take on it in my mind makes so much sense because I've experienced this in in illustration <laughs> yeah. before, but you work with a when you work with a um uh like a corporate client, let's say, and you start out, you know, you give them the the final draft of the piece, yeah. and you're like, this is fine, and then like you're like, I'm, person, I'm happy yeah. with and this, and then a person who knows nothing about like anything related to visual arts is making visual arts based decisions and they're all fucked and yes. shit and poo poo. And <laughs> after about, you know, twenty seven emails later, you've got a Frankenstein yeah. <laughs> of a poster or like, you know, an asset of some kind and you're like, I'm giving this to you because this is what you asked for. Yeah. But we both know no, that this yeah. is so much worse. It's the worst thing when you both know it's fucked and there's yes. nothing. You're like, well, this is what you wanted. Yeah. It's like, oh, we need to make the logo bigger, bigger. No, bigger, bigger. bigger. And I'm like, I thought I was hired to draw. Um, sorry, I digress. That, that makes absolute perfect sense. It's like... Yeah, on the most simplistic level, it's just like, oh, boy style. <laughs> but like, and, uh, yeah, when you dig deeper down, there's just like all these strange little like machinations that as to how 
like so many people have got their hands in these things and they just always end up looking like that and there's I don't know there's there's reasons it's like this deep undercurrent that just runs very slowly and just kind of like sucks sucks you in pulls you out and it just it just looks like that yeah. <laughs> it's like it's a tale as old as time like you know, artists aren't famous for their amazing communication skills <laughs> and, pe- and people skills. <laughs> and, and, you know, by the same token, writers aren't necessarily visual artists, right? No. And so you might have someone that brings this incredible story to the producers, but, like, that, they'll take it to the animators after approval, and animators will be like, there is no, like we can't do this like you, the world that you've created yeah. isn't within the limitations yeah. I think, of budget yeah, one that we of have the, 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 like, uh, we've, we've just touched on it but the, uh, one of the huge things is like just comedians being brought in and being put in charge of animation which is just like you should not be putting a person in charge who doesn't know anything about the job to be directing an entire team of people. And even if they're not, like, you know, they're not producing it, but they're, like, at the top and they get the final say on the entire thing. And it's just... It makes no sense to me. Like, in what other career are you just bringing in just a rando into the office and being like, right, you're in charge now. Yeah. This is your yeah, show. Um, <laughs> hey, um, we're building a bridge. We've got Nick Kroll here to um, build this bridge for you. Um, we got Jerry from down the road. Like, yeah. So I ran into him at the bakery yeah. and just like, mate, you'd be perfect for this, hey. <laughs> and it's literally like that sometimes. Like, you'll have, like... Like, producers and stuff will be like, yeah, my, my, my mate, we'd be fucking aces for this, bro. And then this Damo's got a show. Yeah, Damo's <laughs> got a show. Yeah, yeah. Nobody knows anything about animation because the only people that get interviewed are the fucking voice actors who have, like, the least to do with the production. And I get it because it's, like, Chris Pratt, so, like, you, you want to hear mm-hmm. from, like, a pretty face instead of, like, someone who, like me, is literally just, like, hunched over a fucking chair right now. <laughs> Stop it. But, um, yeah, I don't... It's been funny seeing that with Bluey because, like, all the, the people, there is such, like, from within the office working there, I know, like, we made this amazing show and there is such a wealth of knowledge that is, like, easily digestible to the public that they mm. are, like, clamouring to know. And all you fucking hear is just, like, oh, me and the dad who voiced Bluey, we've never met, which is fine, but that's, like, what you hear every single time. And mm-hmm. there's so much more, so many, like, articles that you could make that would be of value to people and, like, could teach people things about animation. Well, it was, it was actually <laughs> quite striking to me when I was trying to find deeply embarrassing articles about you um, <laughs> when, when I was looking because it is crazy to me that the story of the development of the aesthetic of Bluey wasn't really centred in any of the... Um, never, never, ever, ever. In the story. <laughs> like, the story of it. But I guess, you know, maybe there's an element of not wanting to break the, the fourth wall There is much. absolutely like, no element to that whatsoever. People mm. just don't know anything about it, and they don't know who to ask. So they just, like, there's been, like, a couple of really good ones about Joe, but, like, nothing yeah. about, like, no animators getting interviewed. Like, the lead, the head animators on Bluey have so much to tell that people would be like really interested to hear and you just like I don't know there's just like people don't understand how animation is made and so nothing ever happens and we just sit in these rooms and make all this stuff I'm getting them on I'm (laughs) getting them on we're we're gonna have like the bluey um round table head of department we have the round table special yeah the hollywood variety bluey (laughs) round table honestly that would be like that would be be fun actually maybe
Um, I've got this segment that I thought we could try. Maybe, maybe we'll give it a go. This is, um, this is a new segment that I would like to call Girl Boss Mailbag. We don't have the answers. We know TikTok entrepreneurs definitely don't have the answers. But if we were to say, take off our normal, regular person hats for just a moment and replace them with some kind of expensive Gattaca oh, hat what that, does a girl boss hat that, look like? that doesn't use exclamation <laughs> marks and emails, um, maybe we can find a way to respond to the listeners that will generate value uh, mm. for their business. Mm. So this week I reached out to my followers and asked them to write in with their questions, gripes and complaints pertaining to incredibly vague prompts such as the animation industry, how we feeling about that? <laughs> yeah. So this is um, what I would probably categorize as a complaint mm. um, from <laughs> one of my followers. As, as the CEO of animation, I would love to field a complaint, please. Oh, please. <laughs> as the CEO of animation, <laughs> the animation industry. Yep. Um, so this is from one of my darling followers. Um, thank you so much for writing in. These are all anonymous. Yeah. Their complaint is, mm -hmm. the strive for realism. It's animation. Do what we can't in real life. So I get the impression they're taking issue with what we were kind of talking about with The Lion King, yeah, perhaps. They're tapping, they're tapping right into a, you're preaching to the choir, Anon. Um, yeah. <laughs> we, we're yeah. all in complete agreement. There's no point... I don't know, animation is such a unique medium that... Yeah, and just way. even in like a... a technical level there are cuts you can do in animation that you can't do in live action like there's like you can just whip something around in like one frame and you just can't fucking do that in live action and you just can't. stuff like that and it's just i i'm not for dipping into animation because you want to make something like or you only use animation for like high fantasy like there's so much more to animation than just like adding sparkles and sometimes it's just down to like the intrinsic preference of the person who's making it and why they love that craft and they bring that into an animation even if it's like a mundane slice of life thing. Yeah. And it's just so intrinsically t intertwined with the person making it and why they love and understand animation. So in animation you can break every single rule, rule. of <laughs> physics mm -hmm. and of reality yeah. and of Color theory and of <laughs> yeah, anything you want to do. Ah, um, oh, paprika. Oh, a couple yeah. of months back, and after that, you just like you're invigorated. Your like skin oh, is shiny, and you just like I it? just want to kill every live action director. Like, there's no need for them. Like, if you could do that in animation, <laughs> there's just no need for live action film at full stop. It's like, so true. Uh... <laughs> like, why would you want to tell a story any other way yeah. after watching something like that? It is so <laughs> fabulous. So you know what. Anon, huge agree. You get it. Do you, you think totes get it. the girl bosses... Um, the girl bosses are appeased. Yeah. What's the, like, girl boss agreement noise? It's just like... Screaming. <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> <laughs> You've got 
the girl boss seal of approval. The girl boss, the girl. Yeah, all of those noises. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna cut them all together into one sound. So it's just like a shrieking choir. Clipped audio nightmare. All right, I've got one more. So this is a um a bit of a comment, I guess. Very generously had a uh, follower write in um, saying, Last year, being independent and relatively junior, I brought in nearly $90,000. Damn. 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 Um, huge congrats. Oh, nice, dude. That's, huge that's congrats to you. Um, girl boss deal of approval. If I wanted to work in a studio, I would be making maybe $45,000. That's right. Once and, again, the correct klaxon is sounding. Yes. <laughs> um, and the joke is that I would technically still be freelance because animation, even in studio, is still project based. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if she get here's a little here's a little pro tip from the CEO mm. of animation: if you want to make it even more money. Just draw fairy porn. That's where the real money is, bro. <laughs> if you, so I've if been you told. Take, if you want to take a little, like, backseat and work on something in your own time and don't want to, like, work, like, 8 a.m. till 11 p.m. at a studio five days a week, just yeah. fucking draw fairy porn, bro. The, the real chads... <laughs> Apparently it's really good money. <laughs> yeah, the real fucking chads of the, like, illustration world and animation yeah, world it's the ultimate, are furry it's artists. It's the only side hustle that works. It is, absolutely. <laughs> People want porn, man. So they go on to say, worldwide, there's more animation than ever, yet creators mm-hmm. have no equity in the content and IP mm-hmm. they're creating. So if a show does happen to make good money on Netflix or Disney... Amazon, you're not getting anything other than your rate. You're not even sure if you'll end up on the next season. Then in advertising, um, on the other side of things, the timelines are super ridiculous. Basically, every studio overpromises what is achievable in a short <laughs> period, which affects the whole industry. Tech is getting much better, much <laughs> faster, and there's an expectation to know everything and to constantly upskill um, but there is little a time and money built in the career trajectories. <laughs> I mean, what is there to say, really? Like, I mean, Girl Boss approved. I, yeah, uh, it's just on. like they've perfectly explained the situation. But I mean, if you're making like 90k doing freelancing, you could probably make. You. It doesn't sound like you'd be in a junior position for animation. I'd. I'd love to get a beer with this person. They probably should. Ask I'll for more money up. if they make work in a fucking studio. Yeah. Um. I don't know. There's like. Once you make inroads at a studio, the I don't know, like it doesn't maybe it happens a lot in America, but it's like if you have been working with these people for a year in office, it's unless you have done like the most dog shit animation of your entire life, it's very unlikely that they're just gonna like drop you like a stone unless like there's just no more production to be had. So like Yeah. Once you're once you're in there and you've created these bonds with people, like it's yeah, it's hopefully you can just continue working at that studio and they'll want to keep you on because you're like your talent and you're nice. You're nice to people. <laughs> well, this is, this and is if a... people are nice to you, you stay because it's usually the other way around. Like people, people who hire you are, are dirtbags. <laughs> There's a <laughs> lot of dirtbags out there who are in charge of studios. Um, yeah, it's not all doom. We'll, it's, we'll yeah, put that story on the Patreon. Yeah, some of it's doom and gloom, but not all of it, I guess. That's mm. what I'm trying to get at. Because mm. <laughs> I've, oh man, I've, I've, I've eaten shit for a like 
yeah. multiple times. That <laughs> I'm, I'm, I can't tell that fucking awful story I no. told you. But no, no, no. We'll, we'll, save, we'll save some of our juiciest goss for the Patreon. Not that one, but some, some more stories. But you know what? I've got a really nice girl boss uh, writing in asking. Um, this is actually super lovely. Just quit my art teaching job. Is it worth pursuing my childhood dream of being an animator or nah? <laughs> or girl boss, girl boss pending. Um, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Are you any good? Oh. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's like a tough, shitty road. If you're if you're coming into it with like draftsmanship, like you're a good drawer that puts you in good stead, but it's like a hard... I don't know a lot of people who have broken into animation late, even though it can be done, and or broken in not via, like, I went to uni, and it's like it's a really fucking nepotistic industry, because literally mm. every job is being not chosen on, like, who is the best person who's, like, sent in a resume. It's just, like, the resumes get completely ignored, and it's just like, oh, yeah, fucking, like, Damo again, Damo's back, and yeah. Damo's fucking, like, <laughs> so good in animation, bro, just hire him. And that's how, like, that's mm. another reason why a lot of animations end up being shit, is because, like, just people are just, like, hiring their friends. Yeah. And sometimes their friends are really good, and it's, a, like, sometimes, and it sometimes nepotism serves. Sometimes so I've got a lot of my gigs through nepotism. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just networking, I guess. Yeah. It's just, like, the polite polite way of saying nepotism. But well, it's, it's also know. just, you know, <laughs> I, you know it, nepotism can be evil and horrible. It can also just be personal references, right? Yeah. You know, it's just like, you, you trust this person and you know they yeah. work well with the team of people that you've got. But, uh, yeah, it's really, it's a tough... Like getting that foot in the door is like everyone fucking says this, but it's like the hard the hardest job is like getting the first one and then that's it. Yeah. And it's kind of yeah. you're on your way from there. But yeah, if you've got drawing chops, that's a good start. If you are walking away with nothing, like maybe do do like online courses. That's just like go to school. Do, yeah, just like a technical draftsmanship cannot be overstated. If you know how to draw. If you can, like, draw circles around people and you've never worked in animation, I'll happily let you on a team. Yes. <laughs> like, and you can teach someone who knows how to draw how to do animation, but you can't teach a person how to draw on a, like, schedule that is... <laughs> Good advice. Yeah, Good advice. I guess, I guess that's... Go Boss Approved! <laughs> All right. Um, we are on... <laughs> Thank you so much for... From this, the office... Of the CEO of animation. Oh my God. Um, thank you so much for your I've time. Got John Lasseter locked in a cage just <laughs> on the side. You haven't been able to hear him because it's been a silent soundproof box. He's naked, he's been screaming the entire time. <laughs> and I've just been smiling. <laughs> he was the previous CEO of animation. And then he, hugged, he hugged too many women. <laughs> I will not repeat his mistakes. <laughs> I will hug no one. <laughs> All right, Kat, um, we've made it to the final segment oh, of the podcast. This is called What's My Rate? Um, this is the only podcast in the world that truly values the time and expertise of our guests. So we pay each and every guest that comes on the podcast. Yeah. There's only one hitch. It's up to you to decide how you get paid. We use the industry standard compensation types, exposure, trade, Cold hard cash or a cold hard slab. There is no such thing as a sure thing in freelancing. 
This is a total lucky dip and a bit of a choose your own adventure type segment. So, Katrina Drummond. Yes. How would you like to get paid today? Okay, I am gonna in a don't worry, it's not just you world first. Uh huh. Exposure. It's all <gasps> I know. It's the only currency I have a like a wallet for. Oh <laughs> my gosh! It's exposure, baby. Well, <laughs> Katrina Drummond, mm -hmm. you have selected exposure. The most effective currency in the biz. Mm -hmm. A link to a view-only Dropbox folder with social media assets that guests can distribute through their various social media channels at predetermined intervals as decided in a mutually beneficial agreement. What at first felt like an easy way to avoid bringing the complication of money into our relationship ended up making us feel kind of weird and yucky. We eventually <laughs> finalized the agreement across several increasingly unfriendly email exchanges. <laughs> Six months down the line, we both pretend not to recognize each other at a restaurant. We never speak again. I see you across the bar at Rick's in between the, the clothes hanging on the fucking hills hoist and we never speak again. We pretend not to make eye contact in the toilets. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the worst. I think, like, the only time I've ever, like, kind of really been, like, yeah, fuck it. Like, I'll be cool to, like, get paid and sort of, like, you spruiking my shit or whatever. Yeah. It's always started out really nice and then kind of, kind of, like, stressful thing where, like, because it's such a nebulous agreement, like everyone feels like they're being wronged. <laughs> and everyone feels rorted for the entire thing. Feels they, they think they're putting too much effort on their side. You haven't been crazy. Yeah. You haven't just you just straight up haven't been paid. Everyone feels hard done by it. It's just like I'm just gonna have a sook about it. It serves no one. <laughs> um, but what I would like to say um, is I am so incredibly grateful for you to come on and share your expertise and please cat i would love for you to come back sometime and i'll bring i'll bring all every character from bluey oh my god please oh, can i meet bluey <laughs> bro I'll, I'll put a good word in for you is there anything that you would like to plug while we've got you current projects uh work that you're doing work that you'd like to be doing anything <laughs> anything you want to talk to our audience about i'd like to plug yolo, YOLO. It's called Yolo Crystal Fantasy, Crystal Fantasy, but because it's such a spam of a show, we've now changed the title. <laughs> See, there's a title change in the second season. It's now called Yolo Silver Destiny. Keep oh, cool. Um, wait until it comes to Australian I mean, hey, shows. I, we get paid either way, so who oh, fucking cares? Just sweet. do whatever you like. Allegedly, do whatever you like. <laughs> Guys, well, as usual, you can find me and my illustrious freelancing freak friends anywhere you find podcasts. I would greatly appreciate it if you shared this with your friends and told them about it. This pod's baby's doing such a good job. Oh, thank this you. pod's been so good. Well, get this. Anchor is telling me that there's at least 300 of you absolute psychos Freaks. listening Losers. to this episode, <laughs> um, to these episodes. And I would like to thank each and every single one of you for listening in. Also, I'm so sorry for not being able to record an episode last week. Cat has been- Phoebe, no, Phoebe's had a real one. Yeah. <laughs> the, the gods of pot have done everything in their power to prevent this yeah. from happening. <laughs> Lightning uh, not only strike twice, twice, but three or four times. Yeah. My car broke down and I broke my ankle. <laughs> a lot of breaks. Yeah, real stupid. A lot of incredibly bloody tough breaks. Yeah. But I'm going to be keeping up um, with the episodes over January and December, so don't be a stranger. Guys, I love you. I hope you have a wonderful night. Kat, thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to 
play us out for the first time ever. This is a new outro with a very special um, TikTok just for us. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and I think you guys are going to love it. I get 64 hours of productivity in a day. Right, because eight times two, I'm working 16 hours, times two in efficiency, that's 32 hours of productivity, and I'm twice as statistically successful, I get 64 hours of productivity. So in a day, if I stay focused and actually am productive for 64 hours in a day, when you think that most people work 40 hours in a week, and they're not focused for 40 hours, so they're probably getting between 10 and 12 hours of productivity in a week, and if I made my main goal 64 hours of productivity in a day, you can imagine why you know, I'm more than 100 times successful in what I try to do and why I can do so much more.